The message you are about to listen to is brought to you by the Fountain of Life Church Hope Center. We believe that the Word of God has power through the Holy Spirit to cause remarkable changes in your life. And as you meditate and act on these words, your life will become a testimony. sometimes we feel like it is because we pray that the attacks get more but this is our secret place this is where we lay it all down this is where we draw strength to live each new day with grace and power so that we have not come like people that cannot be discouraged we come like one that knows we can find courage in you we don't come like those that have it all figured out we come like those that are saying son of David have mercy on us we don't come like saying we want to kill and fight everybody that is doing wrong. We say, Father, Lord, let your will be done. Because in all these things, we still see you move. In all these things, we still see you becoming the great I am in these situations. So, Father, Lord, we say, do what you want to do with these issues. And we will testify. Because we have inherited the lineage of victory. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Jam your hands together for Jesus. God bless you, choir. Thank you so much. Give the Lord a shout of praise in this house. There is no space for sorrow. There is no space for oppression in this house. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise. Guys, you guys don't, you don't understand. Let me share some things with you. The Bible says, even the young shall grow weary. You think it's easy to be a man of faith that you see the things that are happening. You see cases where you prayed for certain things that you did not see the things you wanted. Or you prayed over somebody and you hear that they lost their life. And you think that we will just... You, you think it's easy for us. But you see, there is a secret place. And that is my confidence, guys. That every time it seems like as if I can't see forward. Every time it seems like as if the things I want to see, they seem to delay. I know there is a place I can hide. Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Do you understand what it means when they say a house is a strong tower? It means it's impenetrable. Let me explain what happens. So this is me with my baggage, with my hurts, with my depression, with my anger, with my enmity, with my frustration. And I am wading through trying to find that tower, that secret place, that name of the Lord. Then I get into the name of the Lord. And the moment I step into it, I am mandated to drop those baggages behind. Because they do not have the ability to enter that secret place with me. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. When the righteous run in, they find safety. So here's what I want to tell you. Especially with the situation that we see in our country. And you know, the Lord was just sharing with me. He says, 
your generation is funny. And I said, kill her to she. He said, we are, I had to take Twitter away for you to see that you should be praying since. <laughs> Prayer that we shall be praying. It's not until they take Twitter that we know that we are under attack. God has demanded that if you, were, if you are very sensitive in this page, you know that prayers have been going on over this nation. And some of the things you are seeing is the reaction to prayers being answered. So don't stop. One of the things the Lord said I should share with you guys is beware of despair. Beware of what? Despair. Despair is a situation in life where you feel that there's nothing else you can do to create a turnaround for the things you want to see. Despair is that season where you feel that you have been knocked over and over and you start to contemplate whether it is not in your place to attain that level that God has said you should go. That is despair. You know, I was speaking to a doctor and he was just talking to me about, you know, stuff and we entered into conversations about weight and all that and all that. And he said that it gets to a time in the life of an obese person that he gets into and medical guys, you can prove me wrong. I see my medical friend there. There's something they call morbid obesity. Now, morbid obesity is the highest form of obesity because at that level, you can't help yourself. You watch, I think it's most prominent in America because they actually have a huge case of morbid obesity. These people that are just so big, they do not get up. They can't get up. They don't have their bath. They just sit there and they still keep eating because they've gotten to the place of despair that I know this thing will kill me. I am anticipating its death and I'm still going to eat and die. It's that stage where you start to negotiate death like as if it was promised. And God is saying to you, whatever it is you're going through, don't give room for despair. So when I sing and I say, this is my secret place, it is where I quickly run to before I enter the house of despair. This is where I quickly lay down and I pick up himself. I pick up Jesus. I pick up the strength to live again. I pick up the strength to come and speak to you that God said, God said the Lord, it is well with you. That is the importance of your secret place. Because what we need to start to do for us is not just to talk about the scriptures, it's to tell you how you can use it Mondays to Fridays. How many of you remember last week when I was giving a joke and I said, ah, God should not test me with any last my incidents. You were there now. Like as if God, <laughs> it was not last month I had. Serious battles in my home. And I knew it. And I was telling my wife that, babe, our marriage is just under attack. It's not falling. You know, like things that we never thought we could experience. And I just told her that our marriage is just under attack. It's the same way you stay in a strong tower. And the enemy sees, but they still try to want to penetrate. So when they shoot a gun at a strong tower, will you not feel the sound? Will you not hear the sound rather? Will you not feel a vibration? It's the same way when the enemy comes to send seeds of despair. He knows he can't get you, but he needs you to come out of that secret place so he can get you. So you get into the secret place of the Most High where you should be praising and thanking him for what he's about to do. But because you are so afraid of the, of the sound, and somewhere in your mind you feel that God is incapable of keeping the tower together, you now go out of the tower because you think you have an idea. Then the enemy gets you where he wants you. Stay in the tower. Despair is so crucial that a lot of people have given themselves over to plans that they had no business of. And I keep saying this thing. I, I, I remember... 
when the bomb blast happened, and for those that were on our live yesterday, you must have heard me talk about it. When the bomb blast happened, the center where the bomb blast happened, there was no death per se. Because I was in Maryland over there at that time. It's called Maryland. You see, this is my problem with any Nigerians. It's not Anthony, it's Anthony. It's not Maryland, it's Maryland. Eh? If not, it's not Okokomaiko, it's what? It's Okokomaiko. Now, I was in that area, Mende to be precise. So, as the bombs were bearer, I was feeling it. Stop it. Don't judge me. <laughs> now, this is where I'm going to, guys. There were some folks along Okiafa in Isolo. If you understand the distance between Okiafa and Ikeja, you know that it's quite a lot, at least compared to some of us that were in Mende. These guys, out of despair, saw people run into a canal into a swamp. And I don't know where they felt that for them it would be different. They followed. Like, they, they, they just went. And I would have thought that at some point people would say, you can't you see people falling? They just, and the people at the back just kept pressing. And they kept pressing. Despair. Despair can be so terrible. And you see, where I want to share with you is, it's going to be a very brief sermon, honestly, because it's just to really encourage us that God is still visiting even in the times and in the moments of despair. Even for Israel, there was a time, and I'm going to be sharing from the book of Judges, so you see what I'm saying. There was a time that Israel had so, she always use the word backslid, or they so ran out of favor, or, or things were still happening to them that there was a young man that all he knew were the tales of God was great. Did you hear me? All he knew were the tales of God was great. You know when they born you inside war, then your fathers are not the ones telling you that, ah, the same way they tell us, that when I was growing up, we used to have free scholarship. And you're like, eh? So how did you do it that did not wish me? <laughs> That's exactly what happened to this boy called Gideon. And what I'm here to tell somebody is God can still use you. And that should take you away from the despair that you are feeling. Because despair says you can't help. Like, there is nothing else that can happen from your quarters. So you just stand and you wait for everything to hit you by everything. But God is saying, no, don't get there. I can still use you. And guys, can I say something? As terrible as the things we see in Nigeria is or are, God can still use you. I was telling somebody something that it's not now that they've been stealing the money. They've been stealing the money since before you were even born. What has happened is, is now God is exposing it. When you hear cases of people carry Ghana must go of money and they move from state to state, it's something they passed from generation. It has been done since. But what God has started to do is uncovering it. Now, they have, been, they have said things about the nation that were not right. Now, we are hearing them say it in open glare. So, we know who they are. So, what you don't understand is some of the things that, things that you are seeing is actually answered prayers. So, maybe next time when we want to elect again, we will take more time 
to look at who you are putting there. Maybe when you want to make a decision, you say to yourself, okay, you know what? No, no man after the flesh. Can we maybe check this man's track record? What God is doing is he's exposing people so that you know them for who they are. Somebody with me? So, I'm going to read from Judges 6. And we'll just share about this. And one of the things that caught my attention was the way Gideon was. And I must say, I feel I could relate to the way Gideon is or the way he was. I can relate to it in these times. So I will read from Judges 6 verse 1. It says, the, Israel and the Israelites did evil in the, in, the, in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites were hide, made... The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding for themselves in the mountains. Now, that's a different level. When you leave your home and you have to seek refuge in mountains and in caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops... Maruders from, from Midian and Amalek and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying the crops as far away as Gaza. I know when I even read this, I know that this, even these kind of things happen. I've had cases of people planting in the west and, you know, some guys just come in and they just ravish the entire things that have been planted. So what has happened in the days of old, if God solved it then, he can solve it now. I'm just saying to someone that please do not despair. All right. Now, these enemies, these enemies road coming with their livestock, tents, uh, were as thick as locust. They arrived on droves of camels, too numerous to count. And they stayed until the land was stripped bare. And sometimes it looks like that's the case we're seeing. They take everything, they strip it bare. But here's where I'm going. It says, six says, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. The first thing I need you to understand is one of the things that draws to Christ is problems. Let's not lie. Let's not lie. Now, as a wicked father, I will wait for you to get into problem and I will gloat over it. That is now that you know. So if you are doing those kind of behavior, stop it. I will gloat over you and say, oh, so now you know you need my help. Maybe you have been doing anyhow. But we don't serve that kind of father. You see, the way I see my father is, even when I sin and I come close, he just looks at me that, oh, you naughty boy, come. That's the way I see God. And I want to tell you guys, that no matter how much it is, because let's, really not, let's, let's say the way it really is. Some of the things that has brought Nigeria to where it is, or some of us to where we are, are actually some of the things that we've done by our own hands. Bad decisions, hasty decisions, selfish decisions. Some of these things are things that we, we have caused. The man that sits in a place of power is most likely related to you by second or third relationship. And part of the things you pray is that instead of the man to do the right thing, he should select you because you are his blood. It's, 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 it's part of it. When it is by the surname and not by capacity, you know, when because you studied at Greek, you still want uncle to give you a job in banking and finance, but you don't know anything about it, but his uncle, then you go an entitlement, but he should help me now. 
Chibi. Some of these things are some of the things that we put on ourselves. So you put a round peg in a square hole, it will not function. It will not function. And if he got there, that's the only way he would think he can grow, by knowing people. So he gets into a place and he starts to see who is the next person I can kiss ass to. You know, and if you are a leader that enjoys kiss assing, you take him up in your wings and it just becomes, can you see how it multiplies into a decadence in a society? And some of us, we want to run abroad. The reason why we like to do that is because there still is some form of system that allows some level of equity that if you can do it, we can give you. I'm not saying there are no racial biases. I'm not saying that they don't have their issues. See, and this is what I tell everybody. If you want to JP out of Nigeria, everywhere has an issue. There is no land that is truly green except the, Lord, the land that the Lord plants you in. That is the land that is green. Let me tell you something. The land that is green is the land that the Lord speaks his word. Every land has drought. The same way Peter experienced drought in the ocean. But when the Lord spoke, fishes understood that they needed to come out. If he's not speaking, don't go. But let's move that. So, some of these things are things that we put on ourselves because we're very hasty, because we do not, we want to find for ourselves our own green pastures. Remember when we were talking about Abraham and we said, Abraham got an instruction, leave your father's land and your mother's land to a land I will show you. And he got into Egypt and what happened in Egypt? There was famine and what did he do? He made a decision to move out of Egypt, to go somewhere else. And in that place, he started to negotiate lying. He had to say to them, let them know you are not my wife, you are my what? Sister. Eventually, did he not leave the land? The Lord didn't send him there. He left the land. And guess what? If you read the Bible, he went back to the land he was coming from. And it was from that place that Lord now started to do stuff. So what am I saying, guys? Sometimes we get into positions where we are the ones that put ourselves there. And sometimes it's just the fact that there are people that God has put over us that have chosen to mess up lands for us. So whichever case it is, God can still redeem. Hallelujah. So this part struck me. They were in so much pain and they cried out to God. The question I want to ask you is, are you still in that level where you are complaining or you have moved from complaining to crying out to God? Let me tell you guys something. Complaining does not get the attention of God. Crying does. Crying to the Lord gets his attention. I've said this before. I've, I've heard so many conversations. And see, we need to create a balance. Some of you say, cry does not move God. It is faith that moves God. Yes, faith moves God. But God is moved by the feelings of your infirmity. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? When you cannot mutter words, he understands. Do you get me? Because sometimes God needs to show you he is there for him to build the last strand of faith that you need to not fully go there. Do you understand me? For some of you, when you are in issues and you are crying and you play a worship song, it's you telling God that, God, I still want to believe. He comes in there, even though you cannot mutter words. And the Bible said concerning them, this, if you look at verse 1, he was clear. They were evil in his sight. They did wrong. But the Bible said they cried out. They cried out. And I'm praying today that irrespective of what you see in your home, in your life, things that are not adding up, never forget. Despair won't get you there. Crying out to God will. Because crying out to God says, I can still see you as help. Is somebody there? I can still see you as help. Jesus was with the man that was, that was crippled for 38 years. And Jesus went to him and said, do you want to be made whole? And the man could not see Jesus as help. He said that, you know what, if I can only find someone that will carry me. Because that was all that he thought was help. But Jesus said, no, you don't need that. Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to? 
<laughs> You're like, okay, yes, I believe you. And Jesus said, you know what? There's not going to be drama here today. Rise up, carry your bed and walk. And for, for the first time in a while, he tried to make use of his legs and he saw that the spoken word of God made power come to his legs that it could hold his body. I'm praying for someone today, for every situation that you're going to, when you cry out, he will hear you. In fact, it's not a prayer. I'm telling you what he said I should tell you. That when you cry out, he hears you. Hallelujah. But see how things started to get interesting. Tell your neighbor that he can use you. You know why I'm excited about this? I've seen how God makes mightiness from nothingness. Everybody here standing or sitting looking so beautiful. Isn't it amazing that you all are a product of clay? Isn't it amazing that the same way as guys, you are chasing as a fair girl, has silhouette body shape, blah, 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 blah. It is all a product of clay. You, madam, that you want more chestnut kind of body, it is still a product of clay. Did I shake a table? What biceps will cost in this kingdom? <laughs> Let's move on rather so briefly. But I see how God can make something that comes from clay so beautiful that you and I, we are forever in awe. Like, do you understand that when they do beauty pageants, they are expressing the beauty of clay in the hands of God? Do you understand? That what you are celebrating is the display of God's splendor in turning things around. So I say to you, whatever looks unusable like clay in your life, he can use it and make it something that the world adores. You see a guy go to a place and a woman walks in and for a split second, they lose conversation. They don't know what they're saying again. Eh, Alpha, eh, 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 eh. Just lost in the adoration of clay. What is not them is God. You're laughing. <laughs> the way I said it, have you? But it is God that made it so beautiful in their eyes. So look at your life. In your most clearest, if there's any word like that, in the most clearest form, and celebrate Jesus. That he can make it something that men, having conversations, will look at you and say, ah, ah, see what God has done. Hallelujah. Celebrate Jesus for that. So going back to this sermon, the Bible says, seven, and when they cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, the Lord sent a prophet to Israel. He said, this is the word of the Lord, the God of Israel. Um, it says, I, I like this. It says, I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove your enemies and gave you their land. I told you, I am your Lord, your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you did not listen. Now, 11 says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the tree of Oprah, which belonged to Joash of the son of the clan of 
Ibezer. Gideon, son of Joash, was treading wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grains from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Gideon was just trying to do his minimum. You see that? Was he praying here? Was he praying? He was working. He was working. He was working under duress. Let's even put it that way. He was hiding. No, he was working and hiding. Because the Bible said that he was doing... Let me, let me show you. He said, Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press. To hide the grains from the Midianites. Now the angel of the Lord came. You know another thing that I found out in this scripture? God was there. The angel was there. Oh, you didn't know? I will show you because there was a time where the Bible said that the angel left. But God was still speaking. <laughs> but that's just for my own. I just enjoyed that. That Everybody came and gathered. I, I, it's something that does me one kind. That Gideon could catch not just God's attention, everybody came. Like, I can catch God's attention. Like, God can see me as a hero and put upon me resources to deliver a nation. Now, let me see. One of the first things that I want you to write down is God spoke to Gideon, not about what he is, but about what he can be. God spoke about Gideon, not about what he is, but what he can be. This was a man that was hiding. But God sees him and says what? Mighty hero. One of the ways that you can get out of despair is when God speaks a word about your future in your present. Your present already has difficulty because you are faced with the things that you can see. So what God does is he literally does like a transporting system where he takes you out of that thing that clogs your face or clogs your vision and shows you into or shows you a pursuit or a, a, a possibility of who you can be if you let him. So what am I saying, guys? Every time you are in a deep mess, can you just say this well? Lord, let me see what you see. Because we are talking about the God that sees the end from the beginning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The reason why God does not fear is because nothing catches him on our ears. Fear comes to you because you do not have the ability to see past where you are going through. And we've said this analogy a lot of times. When I've watched a movie before and my wife is watching it for the first time, I will not be afraid. Because I saw that when Superman died, given an analogy of Emmanuel's um, feed, when Superman died, Emma had read it in the comics that Superman rose again. So for all of you that saw Batman and Superman, you're like, ah, they kid. Emma would have been like, he going to rise. <laughs> so you see, I will go to Iman and say, Iman, tell me what did you see? What do you know? They say, well, we need to go to God. God, what do you know? What do you see? And you see, that is how you appreciate faith. Because when God now says to you, rejoice. When God says to you, dance. When God says to you, celebrate. He's saying to you, do what I, I see. React like you see what I see. 
Because until you see what I see, or until you dance like you see what I see, you will still act like I'm not doing anything. Despair. So this is what a lot of us say. Hey God, I'm not into that. Until you do it before I... One, of what fun is that? The Bible says, what is faith if it's only when you believe for the things your eyes can see? Do you understand that there is a dimension that God wants to reveal to this earth and he uses circumstances that you go through to reveal it? Do you know how many people would be saved from depression and suicide if only you practice enough of you rejoicing in the times of calamity? That somebody can see and say, we are both going through the same issue. Me, I'm borderline suicidal. Auntie is rejoicing. Ah, maybe, let me try our own. But you see, when you now end up like them, they take it far. Maybe you won't commit suicide, but you go depressed like them, and they now take it to the next extent. Because why? You have spread despair. Pastor Tawo said something that I, 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 I was so blown away with. This same bomb blast issue. Pastor said, when it happened, because he stayed, or used to stay in, very close to that place. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And the Bible, the Bible didn't say, sorry. Pastor said, <laughs> when they started hearing the bomb, I can't call it the, the caliber of people. Politicians. High net worth individuals powerful men in the society. They came banging his gates. Do I have a bunker? They came banging his gate. Sir, you don't you know me? I attend your church. <laughs> I'm not lying, guys. He told us. And he opened the door. And pastor now became military commander. Yeah, everybody lie down. Just lie down. Just lie down. I'm serious, guys. After a while, when he said I think again, now you go, go to your family, go and get out your cars, bring out your cars. Get... Eh? And they followed him. And they were driving, I think they were driving towards, towards outside the states. In the times of despair, people are looking for the hope center. You know why? Because they must have seen that this man embodies something that we do not have. Imagine he came, they came, and he said, Now, nah, wow, oh, I don't even know what to do. They would have further gone into despair. And they would say that there is no help for them in God. But for thou, O oh Lord, is a shield for us. How many people's hope is alive this morning? He is my glory. When situations make me look down, he does what? He lifts my head up. So I can cry out, Abba, Father. And they found hope in him. Hallelujah. Every time you go through a situation, Never be too narrow-minded to feel that there is no hope in God. Start to say, Lord, show me what you see. 
The next thing I found out with this story with Gideon. The Bible says, the Lord is with you, mighty man. Or hero. That's uh, the story, right? Yeah. Now Gideon said, now see what I was talking about. Gideon was that man that had never seen the salvation of the Lord. He had only heard about it. The same way there are some people here. You have heard about faith. You have heard about healing. You have tried to apply yourself into healing. They've told you that it is, these are the 14 steps or these are the 12 steps. And you did it. They told you that come to church, be a worker, clean the sanctuary of the Lord and he will clean the sanctuary of your life. They've told you. You know that script. When you sweep the Lord's house, he will sweep away your problem. You know, they have told you. I'll be it. You have swept. But it's like, hey, the thing have not go. So Gideon is that kind of person. Now see what he said. He said, sir, Gideon replied, I'm reading 13. He said, if the Lord is with us, why has all this thing happened to us? Tim, why does bad thing happen to good people? You see that it's not, it has stayed. <laughs> so when you say it, God does not say, eh, Amy, he has said it a lot. From the time of Gideon. So, please, Gideon is calling out for WhatsApp group. <laughs> Enroll. Find out what he did. Now, see what he says. He says, and where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say, the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now, the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the hands of the Midianites. Despair. He wants to believe, honestly. He just cannot see. Ah, Father, open the eyes of my understanding. Somebody open your mouth and just say that prayer real quick. Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. He did not have sufficient understanding. Ibiti understanding, this was the limit of his understanding. Now, God, I know you are real. I know that they talked about you. My great-grandparents was not lying. I know that Katrin Kuma will not live her existence on earth on a lie. She must have gone through something that I want to believe that these men that they call Smith Wigglesworth or the fathers of faith, these things were real. I, I, I believe that there is a Jesus. I believe that he walked on water so much so that he could call Peter to follow him to walk. I can't see it yet. And I'm saying this to someone that God relates to you even at that level. I get the Christianity that tells us that you must come correct. But guys, the Bible has made provision for when you are weak. He has created provision. See what he was saying. I feel like what he was trying to say is, help me believe these things I have read. How many people are there? You read the stories of revival. You heard how a, an entire state was caught up by revival that there was no crime. Yes. And you are still afraid to enter bus for fear of one chance. And you're like, God. I was speaking to a friend yesterday. She said, Olumide, I'm scared. A believer that I know died of SS. I'm also SS. What do I do? You want to believe. There's provision in this world. But the Lord replied, 
Gideon. Look at it. Let me. Yeah. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. You know one of the things that caught me about this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Gideon was not talking about the safety of himself. Gideon wasn't saying, give me enough so that I can leave. Cover just me. He was saying that, see, sir, there is a heritage I grew to know. The heritage of God is the mightiest. Do you, do you know what it felt like when every Israelite walk around and say, do you know that my father delivered us from the Egyptians? It's like saying that in the times of the colonial era, when Nigeria was still under the British government, something happened that tore the entire camp of the British government and literally made them in awe of Nigeria. And say, you know what? Your God has delivered you. Take your liberty. Not the one that we got where they say they were the one that gave us the liberation. No. This one, they, they handed it over forcefully by blood and death. Can you imagine how you walk? When somebody says that, that's a Nigerian. You say, yes. We are that generation. That God came in us. We were dull, we were, we're fragile. We were serving, but some man came called Moses. And he showed us a dimension. And we got to the place of battle. And God showed himself strong. And our enemies became our footstool. That is the heritage that they carried. Do you know? In Yoruba kingdom, there are some people that they call them Bajamia. Uh, Bajamia. I don't understand Yoruba. But see, it's synonymous, it's synonymous to warriors. This is the way they walk. Even for the child that is a young child that does not understand any battle strategy, he works like this. Because he's from the heritage of the Onijas. There is this thing that has been inculcated into them that when war breaks out, you are the solution. The same way in the time of Israel, there were some called Levites. These ones are custodians of how to bring the presence of God down. When there is an issue, they say, let the Levites go and inquire of the Lord. What's the Lord saying? Do you know what that felt like? Gideon was saying, I heard of these things. I heard of them. Sometimes I, I'm, I'm watching, I, I, I think it was Independence, Independence Day last year. I saw some clips from people like Tafawa Balewa. And I saw the kind of spoken English that these guys were saying. And I was like, these guys were literate. How did we get here? That was our heritage. So Gideon was like, was like me going to God and saying, God, where are the men like Abafemi Ab Awolowo? Where are the men that made sure that this country was delivered from the hands of slave masters? That was the kind of lineage that Gideon was saying. He was not talking about him personally. He was saying, restore the glory of Israel, Lord. You are the God we know of. You can't enter that level of patriotism if the only thing in your mind is escaping. 
See what the angel said. He said, good. Go. Rescue. And that's why I'm here to say that you are what is needed. Some of you, you will start to think about going back to school. No longer because you want to start to earn seven figures. Because you want to come correct in intellect. So that when you stand toe to toe to some of these guys that do not understand jack. You can flood them with your education. Not just thus say the Lord. That's why some of you need to go back to school. Some of you, you must take your work seriously. So that the day where they want, where, where, by mistake, mistake for them, ordination by God. Mistake for them, they say, let's see a man that is capable, you will be number one of number one. That is why. That is why. See it, a man that is diligent in his business. He will stand before kings and not be men. That's the reason why you need to pray for your finances. Not so that, you see that Pepe Demgan is the shallowest mentality of a selfish Christian. The shallowest mentality. Ah, Kiko, yo. What's that? Even me, I used to amaze myself. So I learned something from Gideon. Please be selfless. Carry this nation in your heart like it's a project. Guys, at the end of the day, nobody will remember your struggles. They'll remember how you stood against it. Think about it. I never can understand the things that Abafemi and those guys did. But I remember that at that point, those guys were looking at some of these guys to and they were saying, no, yes, no. People, guys, God is looking for armies. And you don't have to be the most qualified. You don't have to be from the family of the Bajamia Millers or something. You just be one that sees, wants to see the kingdom of God represented on earth. So when we say, we want to see your kingdom. We want to see it. We want to see it. We want to pray that prayer when we leave this place. That Lord, I want to see your kingdom. That was the kind of heart that Gideon had. Let me continue. Now the Bible says, he said, go, rescue them. I'm sending you. <laughs> but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole of the tribe of Manasseh. Even me, I am the least of the clan. So, I am the least of the clan of the leastest. <laughs> wow. Manasseh said Listerine. <laughs> That's the kind of things I want to say to you guys and I'll round off. And he said that the same way Moses came. And Moses said, Show you the wine, me. He's like, you don't, 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 don't see that. Uh, I'm a star, 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 star. stammerer. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody that stammers, please. I'm just trying to explain, please. You're fearfully and beautifully made. And every time, so often, what we do is we bring out our inadequacies. So I'm preaching this message now. 
Somebody here is thinking, me. Ah, me that I'm just in, I'm just entry level intern in real estate. Hey, Joe, how do I match? Ah, we, yeah, how? From where now? How, how do I want to do it? There's nobody in my 14th generation that is even close to politics. You know, how many people have experienced this thing? When you go to somewhere and they say, what's your name? And you say, oh, my name is Olimude Olabi. And they say, oh, Olabi of that family, right? And I know. Oh, oh, is it, is it the one of Ileife? Hmm. So where are you from? Ijebode. Eh? Okay. Like, they try to do geo mapping to greatness. Your name is not popping up in search button. It's not popping up. <laughs> and God still says, that one is the one I want you to Jam your hands together for Jesus. How he chooses to use the seeming insignificant ones to erupt a change in our generation. And that is my confidence that you are not left out. Tell your neighbor we are not left out. I am a change agent. I am a change agent. Hallelujah. So he came and he gave his CV that, sir, I'm the least of the least. And God told him that guy, he's like, you don't understand what I want to do. He said, I'm the least of the family. Then the Lord said, I will be with you. You know what that means? God with the least becomes the greatest. So when we sing songs like, I won't win this battle with the strength of my own hands. You are the mountain mover and only you can. You see, recently we had to start to think of some movements in terms of, oh, church and facility, you know, blah, 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 blah. And some very amazing friend of mine went into the town to look for properties. Yeah. And he gave us one. And when he gave me the bill, <laughs> I depend on you. I, guys, we are faced with challenges, no doubt. But Christ in us, the hope of glory. I'm not saying that after this message now, you will not enter Uber. I'm not saying that somebody will... If, if, I wish it. I pray for you that somebody will look at you and say, The Lord says I should bless you with a car. But while that is happening, but you must understand that it is God that walketh in me, both to will and to do for his good pleasure. While I am waiting for my car, I celebrate those that are entering bus, I do something about it. For a season in my wife's life. She was a professional evangelist for Uber drivers. Some of them are recipients in the house today. God created a scarcity that will create an alignment for one of his children. Two of them. Yes, two. One of them even came to show us his baby. Hallelujah. Mighty things going on. Guys, you understand that when you go through challenges and God is with you, something must birth from that situation. 
Hey, God. So God told him, I will be with you. I will be with you. To the weakest, he says, I will be with you. And I will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting, as if they were fighting against one man. Now that's an insult in victory. That God, why? God just reminded me that. You mean, Olumde, do you remember when you go and fight somebody and the person said, Sorry for those that do not understand Yoruba. It means that I will beat you like an infant. You know the way you put a, an infant on your lap? And he's on, he can't escape it. You beat him like a drum. God says to the things that trouble you, that when I am with you, I will beat them like he's a small child that they are. Because of a fact, they are small in his eyes. You don't understand. Sometimes I even feel like, God is like, I don't want to beat them. Let them not say that I'm molesting them. Let me send you. Let me send you. No, honestly, I feel like that's what God does for the enemy. You know, you don't understand. I feel like that's what God does to the devil. Like God is like, we're not there at the same level. No, I, me, no, no. Deal with the devil. And that's why the Bible says that my heel will do what? Will bruise the head of the serpent. And you know the only way I can bruise the head of the serpent? Because I'm seated with who? Christ. Elevation. I've leveled up. I'm up there. Seated with Christ. Far above principalities and powers. You don't understand. I look at them like... I can't even... That's the kind of God you say. He said, I will beat them. Because I'm with you, I will beat them so much that it will look like they were fighting one man. <laughs> Let me round off. Yeah. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really God speaking. Now, I've preached about this many times and I'm just going to say it in person and I'm going to leave. A lot of times we get into this place where we say, God, show me a sign. How many of you, you go there and you're like, God, prove to me that it's you. So this is it. It's not a bad thing. It's just an elementary thing. What am I saying? It's a starter pack. Hmm? It's a starter pack. There was a season in the life of Moses for him to face Pharaoh. He needed God to show him stuff. God said that, you know what? I will show you that I be pass. When you throw your rod, it will turn to a snake. You understand? That kind of thing. But it got to a stage where Moses was already walking with God. He saw the Red Sea. By that time, he was able to hear. And God said, stretch out your rod. He believed immediately. He was no longer saying, God, let the sun turn pink. Ah, sir, it's Red Sea. They're not a cross arm. But no bridge there, yeah. He was not in that journey anymore. He had grown. So here's what I want to tell you. Don't make testing God a habit. Though this is where you are, aspire for more. I was speaking to someone, I was saying that, see, start to test, start to, start to walk with God for the little things in hearing his voice. You know? So that when he tells you your mandate, you'll not still be in that God if it's you. 
you have already entered the level of my sheep knew my voice. So God could understand with Gideon because God was trying to introduce himself to Gideon. Say, okay, if it's you. Because you must understand that God was trying to get attention of Gideon and God saw that he was making progress. The same way some of you are here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You start out your journey with God and he honestly does what they call an overdose of emotions. Everywhere you go, you just become a nice person. People just love you. They just start to borrow you things and give you things. You that you didn't have friends, you now have multiple people. Now you are even the one blocking calls. Everything just starts to shine on you because you are a child of God. Then all of a sudden, there is now a season. Now, hey, oh God, no, no. He didn't mean that you fall. He only mean you grew. Sometimes it's only a stage of growth. I'm not saying when you're now snobbish, people will leave you. <laughs> That's not saying. Uh, now capitalize on that and say, I'm only growing. Like, hey, don't be snobbish. There's sometimes, like my wife used to experience it. There's sometimes that like, you know, maybe there's a project at hand and people just start to give. Yeah, 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 yeah. She checks the, the bank account of the ministry. You're like, oh, Lua, hey, hey, she share. And after some time, it's like, Lord, guys, God did not become less God. He's just saying, can you push a little further to find me? Can you push a little further to know me? Can you push a little further to experience a dimension of me? Because guess what, guys? Like you and I, there are some people in that stage of their life and they are stuck. God needs the missy to go through that stage of her life, press through, so that we can become, she can become a revelation to those people that they can press through. So she comes on stage and she sings songs like, even when, even when I don't see it, you're working. And somebody that is in that speech, they're like, ah, that's true. Okay, I think I can believe again. I think God, you are still in the business. I, I know you are here, moving in your power. I know you are here. I'm like, wow, God, I believe it. And they press through because somebody was able to live that experience. So guys, please don't settle for startup Christianity. Another example of startup Christianity is everything must be rosy. Ah, mm. No, one of the things that we learned is that what, one of the things that come with this thing is persecution. It's, they even say it's a reward. Guys, you must understand that when God calls something fruit of the spirit, it means that it's something that you perpetually need in your work with Christ. When he puts things like long suffering, what do you think he's trying to tell you? You say what? When he tells you things like you have patience, gentleness. What do you think he's trying to hint you about? Do you think that he ran out of adjective? At a little love, at a little joy, at a little peace. Let's give them just gentleness. No. What he's trying to tell you is that there will come a season of your life. You will have to drink of the lemon called long suffering. I use the fruit called lemon. Because it's not every day we want to taste lemon. I mean, have you here? Hey, hey, when the life gives me lemon, you give me lemonade. Have you drank raw lemonade? Go to the Hawusa guys. Those things they put in that bottle. Go and drink it. Wagba. Some of you think it's that thing that you saw that when you go to a fancy restaurant, can I just have lemonade and ice? And they will now put all the sweeteners. No, go and drink raw lemonade. You understand? Your body will feel it. There's this. <laughs> There's this skit I saw on social media. One man, like that man, God will help him. He went to go and put a go inside Chivita. And he gave it to one baby. That baby came with excitement. 
As the girl just shot at quick reset. Like she had like a brain twitch. Fuzzies, fuzzies. It doesn't conform. Sometimes God will give you the juice of long suffering. Because as at that time, the fullness of the love of God is only applicable in your waiting. At that time, God is not about to do anything. He's just saying, wait. So what he does is, he gives you grace to wait. So in those days, you say, Lord, I thank you for long suffering. How many of you need to go back to the tree of long suffering and go and pluck some fruits? Hmm? So as I close, guys. <laughs> so don't settle for starter pack. Choose to grow. Choose to grow. You understand me? Choose to grow. It's the delight of the Father to even get you to grow. It's his delight to get you to grow. Here's what I'm going to say and I'm going to... This is the last time, you may see. Last time. I said it like... It's one popular preacher now. They said that if he says one more point, just go and check the video. You see, one and a half hours remaining. One more point. <laughs> Did he break the points in monosyllables? <laughs> oh, Father, I thank you. There's a spirit of joy that is over, is, is over the house. There's a spirit of joy. And Father, Lord, we thank you for that joy. Now, this is the part I want to go to. And I'm ending it. Now, it says, Gideon replied, If you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that it is really you, Lord, speaking to me. But hear what he said. Don't go away. Until I come back and bring my offering to you. Now, this one actually got my attention. When I bring an offering to someone, it's a sign of appreciation. The same guy that did not believe that God can do stuff, or he did not see all that God has done, had moved to the point where he was already thanking him with his offering for something he has not yet seen. He says, I don't go. Let's not also forget. The Bible said in verse 2, he said, and starvation became the lot of Israel. So it did not come from a place of abundance. What well, he said, sir, I will give you this one. I know you are about to rock something. Guys, my prayer is that when the Lord starts to speak to you, don't launch back with disbelief. That's what, one of the things that happens to our generation. You come to service like this and you hear these words and you are excited, but somewhere you're like, mm, you're just talking on Sapu again. Tomorrow now, maybe you hear that it's Facebook and my business is on Facebook. Rejoice that God is about to start something. Rejoice. He says, I don't go anywhere until I come back and bring my offering to you. Another thing is this guy understood his heritage. See, guys, we get by giving. Do you understand? You don't let them lie to you. I was speaking to another friend. She said, Christians are complaining about pastor, chop money, no chop money. It's bad, but have you gone to Muslim? She used, her father is a Muslim. She said that, Baba, even to pray, I was someone. Yes, I know because I used to be one. Like my father, I, I, I think I saw them when they do their, their things. Guys, I, 
I, I've, come, I've come to believe no religion is void of those that abuse offering. So it's not a Christian thing alone. And the only reason why they are abusing it is because there is a gift in there. There is, a, there is something important there that the enemy wants to abuse. So the enemy knows that maybe for you, you have gone this far and you are just a giving away. Then you now watch one something on one Instagram or one pastor that you, and you get stuck there. And God is like, but you are so close. The Bible says, he said, don't let's go. Don't go, sir. Let me bring an offering to you. He answered, I will stay until you return. The Bible says, Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat. And with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast. He knew covenant. He knew covenant. He knew. He knew covenant without yeast, guys. These were the things that happened during the Passover. This was the thing that happened when the Lord delivered them from the hands of the Egyptians. He knew. How many of you know? How many of you are studying? How many of you can discern times and seasons to know when it is time to fast? When it is time to give? When it is time to push some more in prayer? When it is time to break forth in singing? He knew. These things are ordinances. The Bible will show you trends upon trends upon trends. So that when it happens to you, you too can apply it. He knew these things. That was not when he said, let's pray. He knew that there's something that needs to go here. Yes. A sacrifice. It was not just giving. Yes. It was a sacrifice. He knew. You know why I knew it was a sacrifice? Let me show you guys. Because you see how the angel responded to the giving. The Bible says, the angel of the Lord said, place the meat and the unleavened bread on the rock and pour the broth of it. The angel was not about to eat. See what the angel did. He says, and Gideon did as the angel told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and bread with the tip of his staff in his hand and fire blazed up from the rock and consume all that he had brought, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. That was sacrifice, guys. That was sacrifice. That was not eating. He offered an acceptable sacrifice to the Lord. And the Bible said the angel, in fact, go to the KJV. Yes. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Meaning that the angel counted his assignment complete. Mission accomplished. Let's rise up on our feet. You see, my wife said, and I will re-echo it, God is not afraid of the tribulations that is going on in these times. He is just saying, how many of my children will stay in my precepts? How many of them will understand signs? How many of them will follow me? How many of them will choose to believe? And I'm here to announce to somebody that God has chosen you. The part I couldn't get to was the part that after all these great signs and wonder happened, the first thing the Lord told Gideon is to go to your father's house and bring down all the idols. You know why? He who the God of Israel must use must not be entangled with the affairs of the world. God started to create that, you know, before we dethrone the world, let us dethrone your home. Some of you, at the end of this day, one of the things God is telling you is start to fix the issues that you have entangled yourself with. Idols that you have gathered, start to destroy them. 
Because now that you have cried out to God, let there not be a mistaken identity of who you are crying out to. For some of us, money is our idol. It's money. It's the fact that when money comes, we feel that there's no, need, there's no reason to pray. The only reason why you do that is because money is the one that answers your prayer. So sometimes when God is saying, go and fix your idols, God is saying, go and settle it. That money will not determine my praise. For some of you, the way God tells you to settle that area of your life, God now starts to, and, and, and I'm saying this prophetically, you now start to hear things like God says, empty your account. For some of you, you think it's stupidity. Some, God sometimes does that because he's trying to detach you from a mindset of if I don't have money, I can't fulfill purpose. I told you guys earlier this year, I'm a living testimony. I'll not tell you what is not happening. But the first time I had it very strong in me that I should give my first fruit. I'm a pastor. I know that I should, but the Bible, of course, never commanded that if I don't do it, I die. It's just a level of faith. So for me, I was probably going through a season whereby I knew how to give God in the 10% or the 20%, but I had not gotten to that place where it was time to give God of the all percent. And early this year, God said, Olim, I want it all. And he asked me to give it all after I had given my 10%. So he wanted a hundred and what? 10%. And I did. And guys under heaven, I assure you guys, this year I've received so much blessings. I still look at my account, I'm like, shame Minori. Because God detached me from the hold of that idol called money. The Bible says you cannot serve God and mammon together. Sometimes when God wants to deliver a nation, he delivers you first. It delivers you from the things that will catch your attention. For the things that will still make you look back at Egypt or look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. So the first thing I want you to say is thank you God for using me. Thank you God that I am chosen. You beheld the world and you chose me to save it. I thank you Jesus. Let me see you can come up. Thank you Jesus. I can't hear people say thank you to God. How is it that this clay will be the one that God wants to use to save an industry? How is it that is this worthless clay that God is saying that I want to do life and do restoration? Hey, I hear from somebody, God is sending you to the depression ministry because he wants to pack people out of it. I hear that for somebody. God is saying that I am taking you into the use of psychoanalysis so that you can be able to get into the minds of people and bring them out of the problems that depression has brought them into. I don't know who that person is. God is saying to you that I want to use you in ways that even you, you do not know. It is not going to be by your power. It is not going to be by your might. I don't need those two things right now. All I need is my spirit in you. Raise your hand today and say, Lord, use me. I'm open. Before you got hey, do to me what you want. Hey, here I am in your presence. Do to me what you want. Come on, lift your hands to your father. Hey, I'm open. 
blessed by this message we are a ministry with a mission to spread the message of hope and love for more information you can follow us on our social media platforms at tfolc hope center on facebook instagram and youtube or you can visit our website www.tfolchopecenter.org god bless you hope center. Hope center.